Body of a whore, dead forevermore. Body three times cursed, pain and torture first. Body in a bed, body growing dead. Body in a crypt, body hellfire dipped. Body ringing bell, body into hell. Always be a taker, hurry meet your maker. No one's life you save, robs some in your grave. It's Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast with me the Josh and he the John. John, how are you on this most horrific of days? I'm hell be dipped. Hell be dipped. Hellfire dipped. Hellfire dipped, that's it. Somebody actually wrote a rhyme to go along with whatever they said in Italian. I know, I know, like, someone's job was to come up with a little, like, set of rhyming couplets to, to go with whatever was actually supposed to be there. Man, I would love to see this movie in Italian with English subtitles. Oh, man, yeah, that would be good. Uh, you could also do what I did. Uh, I watched the movie that this is a remake of in oh. Italian without subtitles. Oh, that's even better, yeah. The Third Eye, right? <laughs> Yes. The third eye. Yeah, it's uh, it's real confusing when you have no idea what people are saying. <laughs> Nailed it. So, John, what are we even talking about? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked. Because this time around... <laughs> We shall be talking about, we're going to talk about a uh, little Italian schlock exploitation film uh, that uh, was directed by a fine fellow named, occasionally named Joe D'Amato. <laughs> Sometimes uh, named Joe D'Amato. <laughs> 1979's delightful and absolutely delicious. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm a moron. Beyond the Darkness. Yes, Bui Omega. Oh, shit. Yes. Also known by other names, a lot of other names, some of them um, buried alive, some of them just just out of nowhere, nonsense, nothing. But yeah, it it was a whole thing. Apparently the director, Joe D'Amato, was a friend with um, Mino Guarini, who directed The Third Eye, and one day they were hanging out, spitballing ideas, and he was like, hey, what if I remade your movie but made it sleazier? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting film. It's going to be fun to talk about. I liked the... Uh, I was excited to hear that Goblin did the soundtrack, or as they mistakenly referred to them, The Goblins. Um, <laughs> but... Um, except for a few bits, uh, overall, the soundtrack is terrible. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, um, ha- if you have ever had your manager pop in a VHS tape so you could watch a training video <laughs> on your first day on the job, then you know what this movie sounds like. <laughs> Please contact the HR department if you have any issues with other employees. Bow, 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 bow. There are times where the soundtrack's really cool. Like, they'll purposefully hit these flat notes to, like, reflect what's going on. Like, like it's entertaining at times and at other times just very irritating. When I make my movie, I'm going to have the entire soundtrack be done live with a guy with a French horn who just makes fart noises. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I want, I want my live soundtrack to be done by someone with a severe anxiety disorder that wasn't given their medicine today, <laughs> and they have to like, they're always trying to catch up with what's going on. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening to me. That's the soundtrack I want. <laughs> and they have to play it on a hooter. <laughs> Uh, of course, Goblin, uh, they did the soundtrack for the original Dawn of the Dead, uh, Phenomena, Suspiria, and Tenebre. So a lot of, lot of uh, good Italian movie, horror movies with that. And by a lot, I mean mostly just those that I listed. They also had a song in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that's true. And just in case you really enjoyed this music, in which case, by the way, you're an idiot... Uh, it was also used in the films The Other Hell and Hell of the Living Dead, because in Europe, all horror films are of the living dead. Yes, yes. And one thing that was cool, uh, so the actor in here, Frank Astolpi, who plays clever, sweet, good Iris, uh, actually was reunited with this soundtrack whenever she starred in The Other Hell. Wonderful. The amazing Franca Stoppi. Uh, a veteran of the women's prison series of films, and also a little a little number known in English as Dog Lay Afternoon, <laughs> or in its native Italian, Bestialita, or something like that. Oh, good. <laughs> it is what you think it is. <laughs> If if you're if you're catching on to to um, like a, a niche like a specific what what what's happening here? So I want to go into a little bit about Joe D'Amato. Um, Joe D'Amato is the king of 1970s and 80s Italian sleaze cinema. Uh, he has 199 directing credits to his name. And about 120, 120 of those are just straightforward pornography videos. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, this is one of his most famous horror movies, along with Antropophagos, and the semi-sequel to that, Absurd. Uh, this came out. This film came out during his horror pornover crossover era, which included Papaya, Love Goddess of the Cannibals. Orgasmo Nero, Emmanuel and the White Slave Trade, Erotic Nights of the Living Dead, and Porno Holocaust. Fucking A. That is fantastic. <laughs> and by the by the way, Anthropophagus and uh the Absurd are those movies are kick ass. They they rock. Yeah. This guy, like, while while he was mostly about the the titties and portraying the penetration and stuff like that, he when his in his horror niche, he was like, we need to really like push the boundaries of what's allowable as far as gore is concerned. And boy does he ever, and it is fantastic. Like, this isn't the kind of movie that you would expect to watch and think, oh wow, this contributed to the artistry of horror cinema but it actually does and it's amazing yeah. also very sleazy yes 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 on all counts it's wonderful yeah. um yeah the uh the, it's funny because he i was reading a little bit about it and said that he he was kind of down on his own ability to uh uh build suspense in other words he couldn't do it so yeah he went ahead and just did the extreme shock value instead and he's very proud of that which he I mean, damn well ought to be. Yeah, 
Yeah, I like that. He's like, I don't feel confident in my ability to build suspense, so I'm just going to not try. <laughs> you got to know your strengths. <laughs> I like it's that like, the... What if... Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to no, say... No, you. It was... Uh... <laughs> the film was re-released in, in 87 called In... In Quaya Casa Buyom Omega, Ooh. <laughs> to try to to try to pass it off as being related to the Evil Dead series, which it of course was not at all. Um, and then it was uh, released in Italy as La Casa and La Casa Due, I guess, as you would say. <laughs> uh, in Spain, the movie was marketed as being a sequel to the House franchise. Therefore, oh shit, <laughs> House Six. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then El Terror or El Terror Continua. And then in Mexico, it was billed as being part of the zombie franchise. It was listed as Zombie 10. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, this is, that's one of my favorite things about this era of horror movies is like, it's just nonsense. They're like, what if we just said it was part of another thing? And I, I honestly think that's beautiful. I, I love it because it just creates such a tangled mess of history to try to unknot. And wasn't wasn't Fulci's zombie uh, billed as uh, Night of the Living Dead sequel? <laughs> wasn't that? <laughs> I think so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's all it's yeah. all complete bullshit. <laughs> no one gave any fucks. I love Italians. They just lie and they don't give a damn. <laughs> um, I was looking for uh the Napolitano Pizza House. Is it this direction? See. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Ciao, ciao. Where am I? There's no pizza restaurant here. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Joe's other directing credits include Ator, the Fighting Eagle, oh famous God. from Mystery Science Theater 3000, yes. uh, The Devil's Wedding Night, mm. The Crawlers, Black Cobra Woman, <laughs> Paradiso Blue, Blue Erotic Climax, Super Climax, Sex Penitentiary, Cop Sucker, Cop Sucker 2, and Zombie 5, Killing Birds. <laughs> Oh my god. Copsucker 2. I'm dying. Woo. Deep breath. Oh, get it together. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Famously in the 1990s, he was resistant to the change from film to video mm. in the uh pornography pornography. Um and uh, he was like, yeah, it just doesn't feel as good, but I guess I'll do it. It's fine, whatever. He also didn't like the fact that people wanted pornography to just portray a lot of extreme sex. He really wanted, which is funny when you watch this movie. He was like, yeah, but what about the story element? People yeah. don't want the story element of pornography anymore. <laughs> what about the art? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this movie stars Kieran Cantor as Frank. Kieran Cantor would go on to be in some porn, but not much. Yeah, basically just a bunch of soft porn, uh, or uh, not a whole lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was the other lady? What do you say? Chinzia? Chinzia Monreale. Monreale, who plays Anna. And, and spoiler alert, she's awesome. 
Oh no, she also plays Elena. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, yeah. She plays <laughs> she plays her sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, she was <laughs> she was in Fulci's The Beyond, which is absolutely fucking kick ass. I love that movie. Yes, she's the lady oh. with the whited out eyes. Also, she was in Fulci's The Sweet House of Horrors. That I have not seen. That sounds delightful. Me either. Yeah, I know. Sweet? Really? That's What is you doing in here, sweet? She was in Dario Argento's, Argento's uh, The Stendhal Syndrome. Uh, so a, a definite veteran of some classic horror, uh, even outside of this fine piece of film. <laughs> yes, this fine piece of film. Which I'm so glad was shot on... 16 millimeter film apparently um because if it had it been shot on video it would have looked bad <laughs> uh, okay so a lot happens in this movie john do we need to warn people i mean there's a yeah. there's a dead baboon uh yeah. that was kind of upsetting yeah. i forgot about that yeah that was upsetting there was uh some possible well hints more at necrophilia Probably in the Italian version, straight up necrophilia. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a lot of dancing around some really terrible things. If you're not a fan of, of um, using actual pig body parts uh, to make yeah. your gore scenes, then this is not the movie for you. Um, yeah, yeah. If you don't like to see grown men breastfeed, this is probably not going to be the one for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, I forgot <laughs> forgot about the breastfeeding nursemaid. <laughs> Slash wife. <laughs> oh my God. This movie oh. is ridiculous. Um, there's also, uh, if you're offended by the naked female bush, then this movie's not going to be for you. Yeah, you better get whip the hedge trimmers out because this one goes for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and some some very uh, homage to Herschel Gordon Lewis uh, dismemberment. So so just be prepared for that before you view it, which you may have already done because we told you to two weeks ago. <laughs> In 2023, the the it's kind of you'd be kind of hard pressed to find the effects believable. But if you're squeamish and you're not somebody that you know if you just react to that stuff period uh then yeah this this movie might be a little tough for you to watch yeah i liked that there was there was a uh a, a fake arm just mm-hmm. like the one in dan's mapu uh but the it was like oh the one in dan's mapu actually does look better than this one nice technology advanced <laughs> that's right <laughs> moving right along yeah, you couldn't see through the one in Dan's Mapu. <laughs> That's correct. Oh, yeah, I also wanted to mention, which I thought was hilarious, that the reason Franca Stoppi got the role... Franca Stoppi! <laughs> ...was because another actress agreed to play Iris sight unseen, read the script, and was like, nope. <laughs> and Franca Stoppi was like, well, fuck yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> nice. Because she's awesome. What a trooper. John, kick us off. All right. Well, the movie starts with a weird-looking European red van truck driving through the woods while we listen to pretty awful goblin music. Um, It's very 70s, of course. Uh, The guy's driving along in his obscenely loud truck, and uh, he arrives at what I would describe as a shit house. 
he gets <laughs> gets out and meets an, a swarthy other douche, and then they work together to lift a very heavy box inside the van. Then uh, Jordouche leaves. He gets back in his van because it looked like he was wearing Jordache jeans. If I was, if I wasn't mistaken. Okay, I uh, was wondering where that was coming. <laughs> Jordouche. So he drives away. We cut to a hazy filtered shot of a crone uh, putting needles in voodoo dolls while uh, that are basically, you know, based on a picture of the main character and what I'm assuming is his girlfriend, which of course it is. And uh, another lady with weird lips is sitting there watching this happen and she's obviously loving it. So that's, that's setting up something who knows. Uh, They, the, uh, the girlfriend, as it turns out, is in the hospital, fucked up and moaning. uh, And she is uh, doing a lot of gasping and then sort of red lines, except I don't know what that meter is that's regulating her heart. I, looks like something else entirely, but whatever. Um, I think it. I think it's uh, measuring whether or not her makeup needs to be replaced. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> There's some lady in there who I thought was a nurse, but she like very not too worried. Gets up and says, "Nurse," and then a doctor comes in and gives her an IV shot of some sort. And then she moans a lot and calls for Frank. So that's the red. That's the Jordouche. So meanwhile, Frank arrives at a chateau and uh, opens the little gate, drives in. Uh, suddenly, the box that he carries inside by himself is really not that heavy anymore, which I thought was interesting. Um, he brings it into the chateau and unpacks what turns out to be a dead male baboon. Um, which looked like a dead male baboon. It was pretty disgusting. Not not disgusting, but a little yeah. disturbing. Um, he uh, doses it with some sort of amber juice in this giant syringe that he has. And then while this is going on, the lady with the lips is snooping uh, as he leaves that room and heads upstairs into the chateau. Uh, back at the hospital, the dying lady wants makeup, as, as you do, and uh, the nurse deftly applies makeup on with might, might as well be a house painting brush. She's just like, ah, there you go. Much better. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, back again at the chateau, uh, Lips picks up. She picks up after douche because he's, he's made a mess in his bedroom, you know, because he's a, he's a naughty boy who's like 30. Um, she tells Frank that the hospital called. And then naked and tan Frank comes out, grabs, like, with his clothes holding his junk, which I don't know why he's shy after what happens later. But uh, he grabs his regular clothes and uh, calls Lips a stupid idiot for not telling him sooner. (laughs) (laughs) You stupid idiot! Back at the hospital, (laughs) Frank... Frank rushes in. He runs into, that's right, the best character in the movie, a random old person with a funny line. Hey, where would you get your license? <laughs> I, I want to know what the original, like, was that what it was supposed to be in the original? I, God or, only knows. I can't imagine. Great. He, he, gets to, he gets to Anna's <laughs> bedside and he tenderly makes out with her to death. Um... <laughs> Back at the sh- back at the sh- yeah. um, 
in a very ornate bedroom, <laughs> because apparently Frank is the king of Italy, um, he mopes. He's like sitting yeah. at this little desk or you know bedside dresser or whatever, just moping over these two horrible photos, like one of of two people, neither neither of which look like her, and then a big portrait of himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like moping and then Lips comes in and, you know, I mean, it's perfectly understandable. He's he's having a hard time. His girlfriend just died. So she whips a tit out and breastfeeds him. Um, and it's extremely sexual and very strange. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. She's just like cooing at him and telling him that everything's going to be okay and saying her own name over and over to him. She's like, it's okay. Sweet, sweet Iris is going to make everything good for you. And he's like... (laughs) so bizarre. This is the point whenever I first watched the movie, I was like, oh, I have to show John. (laughs) We're doing it. (laughs) Uh, Now we're back at... We're we're at the funeral home, and uh, uh, she's in her casket, and Frank goes to visit her. And uh, he juices her with the amber hoist that he gave the baboon, uh, while for no reason the mortician who had just left in the other room peeks back in to spy on the guy. Like, why? What? What reason? He's just sitting there looking at her. He doesn't look weird or anything. And the dude peeks back in just in time to see him inject the juice into her neck. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then it's her funeral. There's a bunch of very serious Italian people. Um, in the background are a bunch of half-naked Italian guys who are, like, working on something. I don't... I think it was a mistake that they left that in the shot or something. <laughs> They're probably working on the pornography in the background. They're, I was like, are those people naked? What is going on back there? <laughs> I didn't notice. I'll have to go back and watch it again. It's, oh, it's no. So weird. <laughs> they They lower her casket with two ropes into this really narrow hole that's like super deep um and then uh, uh, they show like her parents you know mourning her mother has a gargantuan cold sore on her lip um then her dad's there and a super hot blonde lady who looks just like her named ellen (laughs) (laughs) dad after the funeral begs the priest essentially to do all the dirty work because he can't handle it's too much for him so he could bail and his wife can leave italy the daughter is going to stick back, though, and, and uh, complete her schooling, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the mortician is is very conspicuously snooping on the proceedings. Um, now we're back at the cemetery. It's at night, and uh, there's there's uh, George Douche digs Anna, who, by the way, is suddenly like six inches below the surface. Like, somehow yeah. the... And there's roses on top of her casket, which are clean, even though he just dug her up. Um, he takes her, wraps her up in like a blanket, takes her, and uh, and then he drives the the van and spots a hitchhiker out in the middle of fucking nowhere, who's like, "Hey, stop!" and he just drives away. <laughs> but much to his uh, misfortune, uh, his tiny red van gets a flat tire. He has to stop. He changes the tire. There's some. Um, police officers in a station wagon uh they offer him help he's like 
nah. And uh, then they drive along. He gets back in his van, and oh, the the British hitchhiker from earlier is now in the passenger seat. She's just invited herself into his car and is offering him high-powered weed, um, which she then begins to roll a joint, and we can all see that it is shag tobacco. Just, <laughs> just so little. obvious. <laughs> it is. If you've ever rolled tobacco and you got the, like, bally shag or something, you know what this is. It's not weed. Weed does never look like this. No, it looks like if somebody took the world's smallest sheet of brown paper and ran it through the world's smallest paper shredder. Yes. (laughs) And she's just going on and on about how, like, she even says that this stuff is worth its weight in gold and how, like, it's gonna, like, really, like, knock your shit out or whatever. She, She rolls it up, she takes a puff, passes it to him, and he's like, no, thank you. And then she just passes out. Like, she cannot handle her shit. There's also a thing that's supposed to be suspense, which Joe D'Amato has said he cannot do, about, like, uh, uh, Anna's hand flopping in through the little window and him, like, her not seeing it and him trying to hide it. It does nothing. It's stupid. Yeah, I love how they try to set it up by having him notice that the glass window that took effort to move just opens on its own for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I love how jiggly Anna's body is, too. It is just... It's another case of the very bouncy cars of yore. It's that It's that brown juice. <laughs> yeah, that jiggly brown juice. Uh, back at home, Frank unloads Anna's body and dissects her while the hitchhiker is still asleep in the van. Uh, Anna's pubes can be seen prominently and look remarkably similar to the shag tobacco that is keeping this whole situation afloat. Shagbacco. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, there's some great skin cutting and gut pulling scene. This is done with the aforementioned pigskin and guts from the slaughterhouse. It looks real good, but apparently they like soaked the pig guts in red dye because like it is just staining her skin in a very not normal blood way but it still looks great and there's like this whole scene where it's like she's lying naked on the table and you can see this like this pink foldy lip incision running down her body and it's like wow that looks really gross yeah yeah they did a good job with that it was impressive yeah, and she almost did a really good job of looking dead and not, like, giggling at being tickled or, like, breathing and stuff like that. Every once in a while, you're like, oh, I saw you, I saw you, but, you know, it's fine. She does a pretty good job for, for someone who has to basically do nothing on camera. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, then Frank yoinks out Anna's heart. He kisses it. And then takes a big old chunky bite out of it, which causes blood to spurt out of the ventricles. So stupid. (laughs) It's really stupid and amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it's real dumb and it doesn't make any sense with the type of stuff that happens later in this movie, much less the stuff that has already happened. And he's like semi-orgasmic when he does it, too. Oh, yeah, he's super into it. Also, that heart is enormous. (laughs) It's like the size of his skull. <laughs> I read that they used a sheep's heart, and I just was looking at that and going, I don't think that's a real heart. It looks Man. like plastic. 
I don't know. I don't know. Then he he pulls out his copper tubes, which he gets all heated up and shoves them just right up into Anna's nostrils. And then he vacuums out Anna's guts, I guess her brains, uh, through the nose. And it comes out as the uh, chicken McNugget pink slime that we all <laughs> saw on YouTube back in the day. It's a watermelon smoothie. Yeah, so apparently all you do is you just shove a copper tube into each one, and you start pushing air through one end, and everything from the body just comes out the other tube in a nice, like, protein shake style. Cleans it right out. Yeah, it's good. You don't have to do anything ahead of time. Nope. You ain't gotta blend it up, it's fine. <laughs> no prep work at all. Um, at this point, the hitchhiker wakes up, f- flops her way around the whole place, finds Frank doing this horrible thing with a dead body, screams, and then Frank goes and grabs her to get her... to, to get her. Um, and then he grabs a giant pair of, like, horse nail clippers or something, and then while she is screaming and struggling for her life, he carefully and precisely proceeds to rip her fingernails off of her hand while she's screaming and struggling. And then after he gets the fingernails off of one hand, he smothers her to death. It, it, like what, uh, what's going on there, bro? Like what, why? What? It makes no sense. And her screams are agonizing. Oh man. Yes. It, it's like, that scene that is like the most italian horror movie scene i've ever watched in my life he's like aha yes you're screaming here let me torture your fingernails i'm so strong (laughs) and then i smother you to death um he stashes her body in the tiny van which we can now see is about four feet tall um it's really an amazing little feat of engineering um uh uh we see that iris has witnessed the whole thing she looks sternly at him then helps him dress anna's body in a nice gown paints her fingernails red and they put her in the uh 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 Lucy, Desi, twin bed up against each other situation. Um, the the next morning, the the baboon guy shows back up. His client is interested in the baboon. He says, and he wants to he wants to buy it back from from uh, Frank, and so he can sell it for a bunch of money. Frank's like, no, I don't need money. I don't do this for this. This is my hobby, guy. That's right. He's he's uh yeah he does taxidermy. Lots of taxidermy everywhere. It's so stupid. It's so stupid, and it turns out that it's just to let the funeral guy sneak into the house. We see him sneaking in through a back room. He doesn't find the hitchhiker's body, but he does find some blood. He finds her necklace, and then he gets back in. The funeral guy pays paid the b- baboon guy. The baboon guy's like, hell, what was the deal with that? And he's like, hey, why don't you go fuck off, guy? <laughs> um... Frank sees that someone snooped. It it turns out that Iris hid the body. The two of them go into the bathroom now together after, like, saying mean things to each other to dispose of the body. They start taking all of her clothes off. She's she's a large woman. Yeah. Um, Iris starts hacking off body parts, just like she's got she's got this big butcher's axe. 
And she's just like looking around trying to figure out where to even begin. And then she just like, it's like, all right, I'm going to start over here and starts hacking away over here. Meanwhile, Frank has a, a breathing mask on and he starts filling the bathtub with acid from giant bottles of what you would assume is port wine because <laughs> it's a green glass bottle with the rope stuff on the outside it's like a Chianti bottle. <laughs> yeah. And they have five of them. He just keeps pouring more and more acid into the bathtub. And he, like, the scene goes on forever. So she's she's chopping off the head. She Like, she you see it? She, like, hangs, it's, like, dangling. She's got it from the hair. She just, like, flings it in there. Yeah. So it's this horrible flesh-eating acid, and she's just chunking body parts into it without any regard for the splash. Yeah, no regard for the splash. She has no body protection on of any kind. He's wearing a giant rubber apron and gloves and that stupid mask, and she's just going au naturel. (laughs) It's weird. It is. Uh, they did a great job. It's it's one of those situations where like they had the the actor like move her head over to the side so that you don't see it in the shot anymore because now it looks like she's like her head is gone. Same thing with her arm. They're just chopping off bits. It's real good, but it goes on forever. And at first you're like, wow, this is taking too long. And then after a while you're like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, I mean, afterwards they have real carnage on the floor, and she's like scooping up chunks of meat and like hip sockets and just blood like actual animal blood you can tell just by looking at it it's really disgusting and she's like (laughs) basically cleaning up the carnage that she left behind and just you know and then in the meantime like dumping it all into this bathtub (laughs) yeah it's fucking great i loved this scene oh it's great i love when the the cheesy skull with the eyeball still in it like floats up to the surface of the tub (laughs) (laughs) so much eyeball stuff in this movie i didn't mention it earlier but the part that the hitchhiker walked in on was when he was like shoving a fake eye into anna's empty eye socket and she's like (laughs) (laughs) so good oh my god and then so then lips buries the uh goopy remains of the hitchhikeress and then um (laughs) And then afterwards, they're in the they're in the kitchen slash eating table, whatever. He's sitting at the table. She's uh, washing up, like cleaning the bucket out from you know this this burial or dumping or whatever. Um, and then, without washing her hands or anything, she pours two bowls of disgusting soup. And then, while she's doing, and then she sits down and starts eating it like she's some kind of like cave woman. Just it's just like sh- like. Basically just taking hands full of it and just rubbing it across her face, hoping some will get in her mouth. And Frank is 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 clearly, like, in his mind, he's seeing the gore from the scene earlier. And then he can't take it. He gets up and barfs what I can only describe as heavy cream. It's, yeah. it's like, what the hell did this guy just drink a quart, like a pint of heavy cream for breakfast? He upchucks some half and half. <laughs> so, it's so disgusting. Uh, and she's still got, like, her arms are covered in, like, the black, chunky water from the burial. And Ugh. when did she have time to cook the slop? Is it is it <laughs> implying that they're eating the hitchhiker? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. But then I'm like, but they, 
they don't show or save anything. They threw it all in the in the splashy acid. So I don't I don't know. It was great though. It, it is great, and it doesn't make any sense because we just saw him kiss and take a chump out of a heart after, like, dissecting someone and yoinking on the guts and stuff. So why is he now, like, sickened by... It doesn't make sense. He has, he has an aversion to soup. So <laughs> uh, now we're at we're at Anna's bedside, and uh, he's moping again. And, uh, you know, whenever... Whenever Frank's moping, you can count on Mama Lips to come in and uh, and calm him down. So she sits next to him and starts feeling him up, basically. She's, like, sticking her hands up under his V-neck sweater. And then she dips trowel and is, like, digging in for the happy ending and uh, saying things like, Iris knows how to take care of him, doesn't she? Doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> so she's yeah she strokes him out of his sadness i guess and then yeah. i guess i'm assuming he jizzed his pants and then had to go change his pants but anyways <laughs> um back at the funeral home we're in a back office and it's fucking filthy it's a place that's disgusting <laughs> like what is going on he, he's got like a looks like a bookshelf behind him and on one of the shelves is a casket <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> this guy shows up, and it's like a, he's, he's hired a private eye to apparently, without any pay, go go research and provide this mortician Frank's entire life story. And then when he does, the guy like whips his wallet out, and he's like, "Here you go, good work. Now fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> he, he pays him like you pay a bellman. He <laughs> gives him a tip. Yeah. <laughs> And then we see Frank, who who's dressed up like Marathon Man. He's, like, jogging through town, and then suddenly he's in the mountains. And, I mean, the setting is beautiful. And then, yeah. oh, what do you know? He just happens to be jogging behind some hot girl who looks like she's never run a step in her life. <laughs> she's, like, per- first of all, she's not sweating at all. No. And- she, she can't, I mean, she can barely run in a straight line. It's ridiculous. And then, oh, wow, she she could twisted her ankle. And he's going to have to help her, you know? Um, so he, he he wants her to wait, uh, you know, because he's going to go to the to the pharmacy and get some liniment. But um, <laughs> then he realizes it would just be easier to carry her to his house where he rubs white cream on her ankle and she asks him if he's a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, you're really good at that. Yeah, it's like, what, he just put, quit, okay, whatever. And he, he, like, kisses her hand and stuff. Like, it's obvious that he's, he's you know, he's down to clown. Because apparently the handy that he just, the handy yeah. that Lips gave him earlier wasn't enough. So um, he, he goes somewhere in the house to get, he's on a gauze run. And he stops, of course, because he has to visit dead Anna for a second. I don't know if he's, like, to get it up or whatever. And then, uh, and then Jankle, the jogger with the ankle, calls for uh, him. <laughs> good. Calls for him, so he hides Anna real quick, like flips the bedspread up over her. She's like, like weighs like eighty pounds, so he can kind of hide her under a bedspread. Um, and then he he wraps her ankle, and uh, you know it's getting all good. <laughs> and she's like, ah, wait until uh, you finish wrapping the ankle. <laughs> Um, 
So then they get to the, the bed right next to Anna, where the, the matching twin beds with velvety blankets, and uh, they start getting all feely. And Frank <laughs> pulls the bedspread down so he can look at Anna and kind of touch her or whatever so he can get the full corpse boner. And the jogger sees her and for some reason is upset by this. I don't know why. <laughs> Freaks the fuck out. So Frank bites a hole in her neck, which kills her. And then he eats it. Whatever. It's so good. <laughs> so he's in some sort of strange orgasmic daze. He's just had blood on him. And the Lips walks in, of course, because she's always there at the key moment, takes the jogress and tosses her into... The dude has a fucking crematorium in his basement. <laughs> She she hadn't thought about that at the, at the after the first one. She was like, "All right, look, I can't chop up another body. That was too much work." <laughs> I thought chopping up a body was going to be no big deal. <laughs> How silly of me to forget that you have a crematorium in your taxidermy station. <laughs> so they just they just toss the jogger into the crematorium thing and uh, fire it up, and then she does this cool. Like scrunching up thing, oh, like she's, man, yeah, it's great. I call, oh yeah, I called it the taxidermatorium. Um, yes, and then uh, yeah, so it's amazing. Um, but anyways, um, Lips now has suggested that uh, she just she she suggests that Frank get rid of Anna because you know because she wants all the attention basically, but also because the you know it's crazy and the odds of keeping a weirdly preserved dead body in your bedroom is probably not a good idea. So <laughs> she says it's for his safety, and she's like, forget about her, she's dead, and we're alive. But uh, Frank's not having it, he's going to keep her. Uh, in her own room, she's getting all dressed up, because, uh, you know, they're going to have guests or whatever. Uh, then the cops show up, and she immediately puts on her nursemaid get-up with an apron again, because you can't have guests. You know, I want the police to know that you're having guests. I didn't understand that. Um, there was a lot of her walking back and forth in a room, taking a gown off, putting a gown back on. It was like, was what, like what's happening? I don't think the cops care. They're just looking for a missing jogger. Um, no. So she's kind of, you know, they're, they're asking a bunch of questions outside, and Frank's answering their questions, but obviously being vague. And then she's a little bit more kind of aggressive, like pushing back. And then they're like, you know, well, we could get a we could get a warrant, but um, we would really like to search the place if we could. And she's like, sure, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> so they they go straight to the taxidermatorium, and they're like looking around, and the guy's like, oh, these are these are amazing. What is this? It's like some taxidermied animal. I didn't even catch what it was. It was like a bird or something. It like a, yeah, it was like a bird or a squirrel. Like it was just one. He's like, ooh, neat. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, here, let me wrap that for you so you can take it home for free. <laughs> she just puts a piece of paper around it. Like, oh, here, yeah, you wouldn't want to touch that. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, my God. And then the cops are like, well, you know, I think I've seen enough. And they leave. <laughs> and, yeah, whatever. And, uh, and then, oh, that was so strange. And then we, we cut to a dinner table. She's back in her 
her gown or dress or whatever the fuck. There's all these weird people in that in like lederhosen and shit sitting around the table. And, and then there's this woman who has a full-on mustache. <laughs> just, like, just rocking the stash. Like, where no one's going to mention this? Okay, Italy. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, eh, hey, what the finest spread you got? <laughs> and she she brings in this suckling pig, or piglet. It's really small. I don't know. And they're all sitting there, and they ask about Frank. They want to know, hey, where's, where's the Francarini? <laughs> They're all drinking, they've got like these these tiny little cordial cups full of cranberry juice, I assume. And there, there's even this one, like whenever the pig comes out, they're like, eh? And he's like, all right, I know when people want me to do a thing. And he like, he goes to carve the pig, but it like leaves the pig all the way in the middle of the table. So he's having to like reach all the way over with the fork and knife. And it's real awkward. And meanwhile, Frank is just, moping outside and then uh yeah they call for him he comes in he doesn't say shit uh but then iris announces that they're gonna get married yeah what the fuck was that where i'm like like, how how many times do i have to watch this movie and you know to go back and see the part where they talk about getting married because they don't they (laughs) never talked about it this is literally the only scene in which that gets mentioned and we don't know who these people are. It seems like they're her friends, but she's the maid. I don't know what's happening. It's it's Butcher Baker Linguini Maker. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, man. Um, so then he just leaves while everyone's like mid-cranberry juice toast. And they're like, oh, he must be feeling... I don't know. I got a little French in there. Um, He goes to Anna's bedside and begins to cry and profess his forever love for her and then goes for a jog. (laughs) For some reason. Uh, At this point, the funeral guy is back. He's sneaking into the house again. Iris, all of the guests are gone. Iris is just shit-faced drunk. It's great. Honestly, the best job I've ever seen of a person in a movie stumbling around after waking up drunk. Like, I was like, wow, that is, that is exactly what it looks like. (laughs) Her hair's all messy. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, she just can't really do a straight line all good. Um she thought she heard someone. She's so she's stumbling around the house looking for Frank. Guess what? It doesn't matter that she's drunk. Um, and meanwhile, the funeral guy has found the one ugly, dingy, poor people part of the house. It's like some basement or something where the the ceiling is like six feet high, and uh, it's all painted like shit. And uh, he's like looking through stuff, and he finds Anna's body uh, in a in a closet. It falls out like in the movie pieces, but this did come out before the movie pieces. I'm sure there are other movies that this is copying, but I was like, hey, just like in pieces, that's cool. Then he he takes a photo of the body laying on the floor and scoots out, and then we see him developing the photo somewhere else. Yeah. Now we're in his bl- his personal black room. Yeah. What what's happening? Why? Oh, it's so fucked. And why did she fall face first out of the dresser <laughs> yeah. and land on her back? How was she standing up in there? 
it gets better. It does. Uh, Iris then um, tells Frank to get rid of his gross doll. He slaps her. She tells him he'll be sorry. Uh, then he leaves and goes to a discotheque. <laughs> As one do. Yeah. He finds the one hoochie in the whole place. She's on the dance floor surrounded by only men who are also dancing by themselves. No one is dancing together. None of these horny Italian dudes are trying to approach her. And she is just doing the thing where you swing your boobs left and right as hard as possible. (laughs) It's the most deliberate attempt for male attention I've ever seen. (laughs) So... He's just watching like a creep. Um, He ends up bringing her home where she spends a good deal of time washing her tits in 1970s green water. John, you lived in the 70s, right? Why was the water always green? Well, you see, in in France, what they would do (laughs) is instead of having water run through the plumbing, they would use absinthe and then... What you would do is put a little filter over the faucet head with sugar cubes in it. So as the absinthe passed through, it turned green. Nice. Yeah. nice. Okay, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I, I, I would assume in Ireland what it was is the pipes were made out of clover. That's exactly correct. Yes. Nice. The pipes okay. were made of clover. And, and so then you would, and then you would have uh, boxes of Lucky Charms. I don't know what I'm talking about. There it about. is. That was good. I liked it. You, you stuck the lid. Um, so yeah, so she's just in the bathtub washing her tits all good. Meanwhile, someone pulls up to the house in a taxi, opens the door. It's Elena, Anna's twin sister. Uh, Iris is just shit. Like, she has no fucking idea what's up. She is just done with expressions. Um, (laughs) she's lost. Uh, Frank sees this from the top of the stairs. She goes, he, he goes and he bullies. This is such a weird move. He goes to, to the discotheque hoochie in the bathroom. He's like, hey, you have to leave now. It's okay, I'll take you home, but you have to leave. And she's like, I'm not leaving until you put your cum on me. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to leave. I'm going to drive you home. <laughs> and that's what happens. He... Like, like, smuggles her out the back, drives her home? <laughs> sure. Yeah, this guy that just kills people, he's like, y- 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 I'll take you home, it's gonna be fine. So yeah, it's just... That that happens, and so well, you have to you have to understand that he he felt sorry for her because she had very dirty tits. <laughs> that dirty titted hoochie. <laughs> <laughs> so so while while he's driving Disco Hoochie home, Iris is now left alone in the house with Anna and Elena, mm-hmm. and so. What she decides to do is she's going to move Anna's body into a spooky spot, cut off the lights, and then do a spooky voice at Elena. Like, ooh, the house is cursed! (laughs) Jesus Christ. And to her credit, this Uh. is entirely effective, and (laughs) Elena cannot handle her shit, so she, like, 
backs up everywhere. Also, there's an amazing, like, giant bronze, um, uh, like, furnace in the side of the room. I don't know yeah. what's going on, but that thing was fucking awesome. I need one of those. Is that, is that the thing that's covered in what looks like jade or something? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell was that? Shiny, green, amazing something. I was like, wow, that is, was that a time machine? You must have done so good in fascist Italy in this house. <laughs> Time um. machine. I just got that. That's good. Uh, and so, so yeah. So Elena is like spooking her way through the house, and then like I think she, she sees Anna's body propped up in the chair, and then she just uh, she turns around and there's Iris in the shadows holding a knife the wrong way. Like there there are di- all sorts of different ways that you yeah. can hold a knife in a menacing yeah. way. Don't imagine any of those. This is the wrong way to hold a knife. <laughs> yeah, this is one step short of carrying it by the blade. Yes. I like when Elena's going through the house and she's got a candle to light her way. And the way they they decided to shoot that was to hit her with a flashlight so that it would look like her candle was lighting the way when it's so clear that someone behind the camera is just dosing her with a flashlight. It's awesome. <laughs> I was like, yeah, why not? Who cares? Yeah. So so the very sight of Iris in the darkness with the knife is enough to cause her to collapse into yeah. a coma? Yeah, apparently she's done. Yeah, yeah. She, she goes full-blown comatose, and then Iris very slowly mm. comes up. Like, it, it's hard. Like, we're like, oh, okay, she just wanted to scare the shit out of yeah. her, I guess. But no, she comes up to her very slowly and is like just about, because he can't build tension for shit. Joe D'Amato knows this about himself <laughs> after watching this movie. He cannot build tension for shit. So she just very slowly comes up to stab her. And then at the last second, I guess, fucking Frank like really took that hoochie home fast. Like she must live nearby. <laughs> yeah, it turns out she lives right next door. Jesus. In his in his like like isolated estate in the Italian countryside, he's just like got her back and and then drove back home real quick. I guess he knew that this was going to be a problem. <laughs> And so just as she's bringing the knife down to stab Elena, he grabs her arm. He's suddenly there. And now they're fighting. He, she, she stabs him in the penis. Yeah, right in the brown uh, Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she separates the Frank from the beans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and he like does the whole, <laughs> but then it's still good to keep fighting. Um, so uh, so p- part of him getting stabbed in the penis is he falls back and like sits in Anna's dead lap. The chair <laughs> folds over there. He's like sprawling out on top of her. They wrestle. He bites. Iris's cheek off. It's like he gives her a a fifty percent Chelsea grin. <laughs> uh, she rips out his eye and more yeah. eyeball stuff. Yeah, uh, and then he stabs her in the heart, which would I'm sure Joe was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be really symbolic and help add to the tension." <laughs> I'll teach them about suspense. <laughs> 
Um, and then, so so Iris is now dead. He's stabbed her in the heart. Then he walks over to make sure that Elena's heart is beating. It is. Um, and then he picks her up and carries her away. Yeah. Um, later, or something, <laughs> yeah. funeral guy is now snooping around again. He just, he can't get his fill of this situation. <laughs> he has a new obsession. We don't really know what his motive is either. Nope. He's just like looking for it. Yeah. Um, and he he's snooping around. And he finds Frank. Frank is still covered in blood. His, there's just blood all over his eye, like dripping down out of his eye. And and Frank is manning the furnace. And and Frank is like just conscious enough to like see the funeral guy and then pass out himself. And so the funeral guy's like, ah, that's that's convenient. He looks in the furnace. He sees that there are bodies being burned. Uh, he he then sees Anna's body on the table, and we find out this is in fact what he was here for. So he he picks up Anna's body. He drives. He puts the body in his car. Drives away. As he's driving off the um, property, we see he has the the photo that he took of Anna's body on the floor, and he drops it on the on the driveway, leaving the thing, which is weird. Like now we see what he wanted was Anna's body. Why he took the photo instead of just taking her body? Then we will never know. Nope. But he uh, he he takes takes the body out, um, the photo. He brings her body to the priest that uh, presided over the funeral. They're talking about it. There's something about money being exchanged that didn't make sense. I guess, I, I think what we're supposed to get from it is that they found out that her body had been exhumed and her parents paid him extra to get the body back or something like that. Yeah, I guess, yeah. But it's super not clear. No. Um... And then uh, he he puts he puts her body into the casket, and him and the priest are talking. And then he slowly starts screwing the casket closed. And at this very moment, with the coffin shut, the lid bursts off, and and we see it's not Anna. In fact, it was Elena, and she's now flinging her arms and. And just Jack Jaw opening her mouth in the most horrific, torturous expression ever, screaming, screaming, flinging around, screaming, freeze frame on her screaming face. It says the end, the end credits roll, the goblin training video music plays, <laughs> movie over. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh my god. So it uh, not never a dull moment. No, no, many a confusing moment. Oh but yeah, not yeah. dull. Yeah, like like all Italian seventies horror, ninety percent of it makes no fucking sense. No idea. I'm guessing there maybe there is a criticism of like the the wealthy Italian families. Like maybe this was playing into some stereotypes that I just don't yeah. know about. Yeah, because he's he like inherited that fortune apparently, so he's just some spoiled rich kid who gets blowies from his nursemaid. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, that's the the private investigator was like, um, yeah, I found out he's uh, let's see here, um, rich. It's like, oh, okay, thank you. Here's a here's a tenor. <laughs> yeah, 
Thanks. I couldn't have figured that out myself. He lives in a goddamn castle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> so yeah. So so John. Yeah. But before we before we dive into the things, let's do the ratings. Okay. Um. Uh. On a scale of zero to five loathsome things, zero being this movie doesn't deserve to exist, and five being that this is a masterpiece that other movies should be trying to emulate, and none of them ever will successfully rise to the occasion of. How would you rate Joe D'Amato's Beyond the Darkness (parentheses 1979)? I, I don't know why I chose to do this 50, what, four, five movies into the show, but it is, I decided to ha- like break down into a comprehensive rating system. Um, oh, shit. So, like, my first question, is it horror? Five. Yes, it's horror. It's straight up horror. Did I enjoy it? I gave it a 3.5, you know. Okay. I enjoyed it, you know. Overall production quality, 2.5. Pretty bad. <laughs> okay. Pretty hey, terrible. That's, that's, yeah, but that's in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, effects yeah. effects and makeup, I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I loved yeah. it. Um, yeah. <laughs> atmosphere, which I think is important in horror films, I'm going to give it a 2.8 because the atmosphere okay. was terrible in that film. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. It's not scary at all. Uh, no. It's place in horror, I think, is another important category. I gave it a 3.8 because I think it is, it does have its place, but most people, if they're not horror fans, won't know about this. But um, if you study horror, particularly the 70s, this film does have its place, and it is well-deserved. Um, writing and acting, I gave it a two, and I think I was being generous. <laughs> 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 Overall, divided by, what was that, seven, I believe it comes out to 3.44, which is probably pretty damn close to what I would have come up with anyway. <laughs> Had I been purely subjective, which it's all purely subjective. Right, yeah. And Fantastic. <laughs> I gave it a 3.4. <laughs> I mean, I agonized over that three point four. I I was like, oh man, but I need to I need to move these numbers here. All right, so so my my rubric is uh, one. Uh, so in each of these, it's a number between point zero yeah. and one. Uh, so it's like on a, a ten scale, and then I just add them all together. So is it a horror movie? I gave it a point eight. Like so, that's a that's a eight out of ten basically. I enjoyed it. I gave it a nine technical horror i gave it a seven you know there's some some ways in which it like it wasn't scary and that but but the actual effects were just phenomenal and 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 really good technical film i gave it a point two yeah (laughs) artistry and contribution i gave it an eight and all of like a a point eight point nine point seven point two and point eight that's a (laughs) 3.4 nice (laughs) we've got good rubrics we do they're actually pretty and, and quite similar in, in certain respects. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Now, to be fair, like, so we both gave this three point, a 3.4 and a 3.44. This is not a 3.4 out of 5 movie. It is it is not nearly a, what that's almost a 7 out of 10. It's not. But it is definitely a 3.4 out of 5 loathsome things. Like, Absolutely. On, on our scale, that's where it belongs. That's right. We we will not be included in the Pantheon. But if you're going <laughs> based entirely on our our mentality, which, you know, we all know about that by now, then yeah, yeah. I think a 3.4-ish, 
uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I like that we were off by four one hundredths of a point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a six point eight four out of ten loathsome things. That's way 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 high. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this movie, this movie sucked ass. This movie is terrible, but I just enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I could, I could watch it as soon as we're done recording again and love it just as much. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, so we've got like the other ones, like a uh, 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 a muck train and and the pit. Uh, this is like in those that vein of movies where it's just ridiculous. But this one's just way better than those. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it it's almost an actual movie. <laughs> yeah so so joe damato uh rest in pornography you you made something that we really enjoyed even though it was like sleazy as fuck there's so much like un like just like yeah let's get some tits in here let's let's show the whole bush like we're going for it yeah but uh but i mean it's it it's just one of the only movies I've ever seen that transcends the sleaze into just absurdly amazing nonsense. Yeah, it, it really it really is a blast to watch. It's so ridiculous. It's such so seventies, so schlock, so Italian. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whenever whenever I saw the suckling, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to tell John about this. And then when I talked to you about it, I was like, hey, have you heard of this movie or seen it? And you're like, no, I haven't. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. This is why we do this podcast: is movies like this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw the cover. Maybe it looked vaguely familiar, but I didn't know fuck all about this movie. Not a yeah, thing. yeah. And then I didn't even realize it until I was like going through it, like the the goblin element. I was like, oh god, John's gonna like this. Like I know, <laughs> but it's also terrible. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna pinch a link on this, and then it starts. Starts good, starts strong for a good solid eight or nine seconds, and then, man, it just devolves into like training video stuff, like you said. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Remember to turn your badge in at the end of the day. It's like <laughs> you are required to wear the T-shirt, and we will charge you for the T-shirt. We will be leaving the bathroom doors open as a safety feature. <laughs> Remember, your manager is your friend. If you encounter a homeless person washing their testicles in the sink... Oh, you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If a guy is hiding a baseball bat in his pants, approach him from a distance. (laughs) (laughs) Please watch tape two to figure out what to do if you come across a pile of magazines covered in cum. Please grab a gluten-free bagel on your way out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Barnes and Problems. (laughs) Good times. Good. All right. So, yeah, yeah. A 6.84. Anything that you want to, like, zoom in on and, 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 like, pay a special attention to or a favorite moment, something that, that made this a gem for you? Uh... I mean the the God. There's there were a lot. That's that's true. the The whole dismemberment scene was just classic. It was it was just pure, pure Italian schlock. I mean that's that's what you you come for that and you yeah. get it. <laughs> <laughs> and yourself, sir. <laughs> oh man, I I just 
all all of the stuff with Iris. I mean, she's the movie is about Frank, but it she is just such a great weird villain. She's not even the villain. He's the villain. Mm-hmm. It's like he's the bad guy of the movie, but she's just so good and she eats up the screen every time she's on it. Like your eyeball like I can see why his career in softcore core pornography got started mm-hmm. but then didn't like finish because like yeah he's got like the eyes he's got the hair the jaw like he's handsome but your eyeballs just slip right off of him like oh, y- yeah. he he could blend into a crowd of pretty people yeah. but like the instant that she's on camera you're like whoa what is she doing <laughs> she's got a look she just has that there's just a look to her he has a look what I would describe as a young Billy Joel, so, you know. Oh, nice. <laughs> there you go with that. Uh, so, yeah, it was good. Um, I loved it. Watch it if you can handle the problems. It's got some problems, but it's, uh, it's much easier to watch than some of the other weird stuff we've seen. Yeah, yeah. It, this, this falls firmly in the place of horror. So, yeah, yes. you're, you're good there. Enrico firmly, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, speaking of other thing that things that we've watched, Sean, what about have you been watching anything else or consuming any other media or or doing any other cool things? I just the usual, listening to a lot of audiobooks at work, horror audiobooks. Uh, currently listening to um, a book called The Shoemaker's Magician, which is Ooh. written by uh, an author out of Chicago named Cynthia Palayo. She just won the Bram Stoker Award last night for her poetry. um, Nice. Which is cool. And I guess as as long as I'm... And it's a great book, by the way. Um, It's it's about a a woman who's like kind of obsessed with folklore, with old horror movies. And uh, her husband is a homicide detective who is investigating a bunch of weirdly occult-related murders. It's it's really interesting. Um, And... It's a nice mix of elements. So anyways, that's that's really the main one. The rest of the stuff is... Like, I haven't seen any really horror movies or anything like that. I don't know. How about you? Uh, I watched... Uh, it's a new movie. The The director's name is D.W. Medoff. It, mm-hmm. It's his feature film debut. It's called Pollen. It's, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's super low budget and yeah. it it's kind of uh i i don't know if you're familiar with uh the mumblecore idea yeah. of movies mm-hmm. yeah it's very mumblecore very very low budget like it you you can see it in there but and it, it and it doesn't pull itself all the way out of the the low budget slums of yeah. like where it could be rated but it, it it gets a little bit out of there there's actually some some meat on the bones and it's it's an interesting watch in some ways it's kind of problematic uh it would probably be better if it was written and directed by a, a woman mm. uh because it's very much um like a date rape and uh, oh. me too and yeah. a status quo in the workplace type of deal. But it's pretty good. I'd recommend watching it. I think it's only available for rent. So I would recommend y'all go out there, throw a few dollars on it, give a, a new upcoming creator uh, uh, 
a little little extra spending cash for and uh, encouragement for their next project. It's it's good. Like their their trouble. I'm not I'm not qualified to to say whether or not it portrays things mm. like that in a good way. So it's very possible that the director like did his research, had like consultants that like made sure that it, this was done the right way. It's just like there are little parts of me that's like I suspect maybe this could have been done better, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But uh, it was enjoyable to watch. Cool. Well, I, I I had seen it and I mean saw that it was out there and it looked interesting. Um, so yeah, now I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and so my TV just died. Uh, right. Uh, right uh, right before our, we recorded our last episode, and I got a replacement. And I actually, it, like the old one was 4K, but it was one of those like not really 4K mm-hmm. things. Um, and this one is actually 4K with the OLED. And the first thing that we watched on it, well, the first thing I watched on it was a old system of a down music video, which looked like trash because it was from like 2004. Um, And then we watched King of the Hill. So it was like, we're not really doing this TV justice. So we watched Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah. And it's fucking gorgeous on this TV. Um, It like, I'm going to try to watch as much as possible on there. I'm going to have to see if I can get my headphones on there because watching stuff on a really actually high quality screen TV is amazing. It's, it's a game changer for real. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like with that other TV, like when we got it and watched stuff on it, I was like, Oh neat. It's big. And then with this one, I'm like, Oh oh, oh, look, I can see like stuff moving and Oh, it's good. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's a totally different experience when some, when something's shot in 4K, it, it it looks different. I mean, it the motion tracks different, and you know the 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 clair- the level of clarity is is like like it's yeah like you do see a lot of things you wouldn't see otherwise. But it's just it's almost like you're looking through a damn window. It's freaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and cool. sometimes some of the things even look a little bit weird, like uh like um on old British TV shows where like it, it's got like that weird blurry effect. It mm-hmm. kind of does that sometimes, but it's still good. I'm still getting used to it. Sometimes I kind yep. of hate it, but most yep. of the time it's it's very rad. So yeah. Uh and uh what are we watching next time, John? Uh, next time we're watching uh, a movie that is heavily influenced by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is fine Ooh. with me if you pull it off. Uh, it's a, a, I believe it's an Indonesian film uh, called Macabre, and it's directed by Timo Jajanto or something like that. I can't pronounce his name. Um, he has he did uh, some of the VHS stuff. He did my, my oh. personal favorite VHS film, the one nice. with the crazy murder cult um, nice. that yes. summons a demon. I love that film. Um, yes. He made that. He also made uh, some of those, like, super high violence tower type movies you know like he kind of got in on that thing you know where the guys are that kind of world he, he did some of that stuff too oh um, was was he involved in like the raid redemption he might have been i can't remember the connection i'll have i'll look it up for the next for the for when we record it but um nice. the movie itself is you know it's a, it's like a bunch of young people in a van and they basically you're out in the middle of nowhere and it breaks down and they get taken to this house, which in this case is like this big Gothic kind of mansion. And it's nice. run by this matriarch and her weird family. And uh, yeah, it turns out that they're just like murderous cannibals and it is fucking over the top and amazing. 
Oh, fuck yes. I haven't looked up anything about it, uh, but that that sounds fucking great. Do we, there, have you seen it recently? Are there anything that we can warn our fans about? Well, it's extremely violent, and the violence okay. is, is... Yes, it's over the top, but it is it is pretty, you know... I mean, it's very graphic. Like, it's... You know, there's insane amounts of blood and stuff like that, but it's just... And, and, and then the situations that the violence are... Uh, is presented in are, are pretty intense. I mean, so it's it's a very unflinching movie, which is kind of his thing. But he's nice. a, he's kind of a gonzo guy. But it's a lush film. It's beautiful. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you, our listeners, are looking forward to it as well. We will be releasing the episode where we cover that in two weeks. So do watch it cautiously. Yeah. So that you can keep up with us because Absolutely. we're so good at what we do. Oh, we are state of the art. And uh, in the meantime, I'm sorry that you all have to take a bath in Chianti acid. 